0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning Podcast. This is review number 270 with a review of Out of the Furnace. I'm Christopher Schnacy.
1: I'm Carson Patrick. And
0: if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, Carson Patrick and I are going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Here we are to talk about Out of the Furnace, as I just said a second ago. So, yes. How's it going tonight, Carson? Or this afternoon, this morning?
1: This morning. <laughs> pretty good. We got all the bases covered. Yeah, so far every time of the day. So the uh, uh,
0: like last night or the day before that or whatever, I messaged Carson uh, with a with a screenshot of a little show that we've talked a few times about on this podcast, and uh, he insists that I uh, say something about it on the show. Um, Yeah,
1: we're we're gonna connect all this together back to the movie.
0: I'm 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 hoping that it's gonna get connected back to the movie. Oh no, it
1: it won't be like some awkward hey. You know what goes with princesses, gangsters. Yeah, won't yeah like it, it
0: won't be frozen review. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> uh, a long time ago, you know, this little show called Hostages came out, and this was one of the Regal first look um, things that I was like, I'm gonna watch this damn crap because Dylan McDermott's in it, and uh, this is gonna be ridiculous. And it's you on the
1: Regal first look, so it's mandatory watching.
0: Yeah, although I think Mob City also was at least one time on the Regal first look, and I didn't watch oh. it. So. But then you you watched it, so we're all all our bases are covered. Yeah, it's so. covered. So, but anyways, so I started watching Hostages, and I said it was kind of ridiculous, you know, when we were watching it, and I was kind of just watching it because I wanted to. <laughs> because you were hate uh, watching it. I was trying to make it a guilty pleasure, <laughs> and I, and I think over the course of the episodes, they started doing some interesting things. Just the uh, the setup, like they they started you know, branching out of the main plot of, like, we have to assassinate the president by killing him during the surgery that he has to have into, like, you know, the the conspiracy got more and more complex, and it got to be the point where, like, people within the conspiracy were trying to take out other people in the conspiracy. um, because It was basically like one of those things where, like, okay, plan A is kill the president during surgery, and if anything fails, A, we gotta move to plan B, and B, we have to take everybody who's part of plan A and get rid of them, because they are you know like they're not doing it anymore a and and i don't know why i'm keep using a and b but basically it's if you fail at your task they got to kill you because you're a loose end um that's sort of like how the plot started to develop and then you had like complexities of the interpersonal relationships between characters um that were causing the fact that they were being stuck at home and still having to go to school um created complex issues for their their Basically, when people are holding you hostage and other people in the world need to think you're not being held hostage, that creates problems. So they were doing some interesting things that, well, I can't, like, I would never recommend people be watching this show, but watching it myself, I was semi-entertained by it. And then I hit the, the last three seconds of episode 11, and uh, I'm going to say a, what I'm assuming is a pretty big spoiler, so if you're a fan of the show and you haven't watched episode <laughs> 11, which aired, I think, last week or the week before that... Um, then, uh, you know, take a two-minute break and don't listen to the next thing I'm going to say. But for everybody else, um, the main doctor chick uh, at the end of this episode kisses Dylan McDermott's character who is her hostage person-taker <laughs> person. So, like, this Obviously. whole... Obviously. Stockholm whole, Syndrome. Uh, no, seriously, like, hardcore. And, and it's <laughs> not, like, I, I kind of... Like, at this point in the series, the doctor has realized that, like, if she is to take out Dylan McDermott or to stop the president from dying, that her whole family is probably going to be killed because they're, they're like, loose, loose ends. So at this point, she is sort of on team Dylan, Dylan McDermott. Like, she is kind of like, oh, I have to help him succeed in his goal because the, you know, if the president dies, who at this point we learned is kind of not the best of people, <laughs> um, Interesting. then uh, that's a, that pales in comparison to her family dying. So like she's sort of on that team, but the fact that they just like, and make out time, they have kissed. I mean, it, her, her husband was having an affair. So like that's, that's fine from their marital relationship. <laughs> <laughs> she's getting back at him. No, no, no. I mean, so it's like, it's not like, everything's super crazy now um but it is just it's kind of ridiculous why they had to go there i don't know why they did
1: that uh, seems typical though of like this kind of show like they have to introduce like a new element to fill some more the whatever amount of time they have left before the season ends
0: but if she was a mother if she was just a if like if she was a single parent like her fa- her husband was gone out of the picture a long ass time ago um, I would have been more inclined to just go with it. But it just feels weird that, like, this woman who is, like, she, basically at one point in the series, she is home free, but her husband, something happens to her husband that forces her to come back to help him out. So it's like if, if she's making all these sacrifices to try and keep her husband alive, why would she then be like, nope, I'm into this dude now?
1: I have no idea. That just seems like a ploy to, to uh, you know... Have keep her family safe or something. Yeah, I, or I to keep you to keep you watching.
0: Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm still watching it because at this point it is sort of a guilty pleasure. Like I've crossed that barrier in like semi enjoying it. Um, but it it's it, like, it's it's seriously like every single episode they introduce a character, and in the very next episode you figure out that that character is like part like a higher up level in the conspiracy. And like it, it's the conspiracy is so ridiculous now, and there's been so many twists. That like I just gotta, like, yeah. I don't know if it's give him credit or just like it's, it's f- th- fun to watch for me now at this point because it's just so ridiculous.
1: Like just hearing everything, I feel like this show just had been better off doing like the BBC Sherlock mode where it's just three like ninety-minute segments and then it's done. You know, like it's not like a drawn out. Yeah. Uh, well. 15 episode season or whatever
0: well like what's crazy is the the episode it was either the same episode that ended like it might have been episode 11 or episode 10 but the whole plot of that episode was protecting the president (laughs) so (laughs) so like basically the the people who are higher up in the conspiracy deemed that like their secret ploy to like kill him during surgery wasn't gonna work so their plan was to like assassinate the president and take out the rest of their team. So they have to, like, save the president so that he can't die so that they're still in play. Um, it was pretty it, – like, it's, it's writing like that that is just insane enough to make me, like, super interested in the show.
1: Well, I know something that you'll definitely be interested in because when I went to see Out of the Furnace, the movie we were about to review – I saw a trailer for a movie now don't get me wrong like I was I'm totally gonna watch the shit out of this movie but this is like the schnaziest movie I've ever seen a trailer for <laughs> like so not only does uh, our pal Dylan McDermott show up in this trailer for a movie that's called freezer but it takes the much loved concept of being trapped somewhere. And it's basically buried, but in an industrial yeah. freezer.
0: <laughs> nice, like at a restaurant.
1: <laughs> at like a big-ass, like like the Jurassic Park freezer, uh, like the scene where they're in the kitchen. Didn't they already uh, do this
0: on Seinfeld?
1: I don't know. I, yeah, so basically, Freezer is a movie that I saw a trailer for, and I was laughing so hard. I was like, this is a movie that is just, that needs to be watched. Uh, but yeah, it's like Dylan McDermott gets like, he wakes up and he's in this like big industrial freezer he doesn't know why he's been put there and then there's like this russian chick who's all like you know is the one who put him there and she's like oh you're bad and then like a guy shows up he's been like been chilling in the freezer it's ridiculous dude like i was like this is uh i'm gonna watch this i think you should go watch the trailer after we're done because it's pretty hilarious
0: i'm like clicking around trying to find the trailer and it's apparently new enough and a and, and a small enough movie that uh it's it the trailer is not all over google
1: mm, it said it was coming to theaters january 17th and by theaters i probably probably like one theater in in la or something uh it'll probably be on video like a week later but uh yeah but yeah it looks uh, pretty entertaining
0: All right, well, uh, I will definitely check out the trailer (laughs) for that, and I will weigh in on it when I can. Um, I think the –
1: I'll have to look at the – the poster had a pretty good tagline. I can't remember what it was, though. On IMDb, it was like, only the cold-blooded survive or something like that. I was like, this is hilarious. Cool. So, yeah.
0: Well, speaking of cold-blooded who may or may not survive (laughs) – (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: we are here this week to talk about a little film called Out of the Furnace, which uh, I know when I first saw the trailer, uh, it definitely th- th- this appeared to be one of those like just slow burn films with great acting and uh, intense uh, stuff happening to tight knit family members, and uh, yeah, it was weird. It was one of those things where like I just I was like that movie looks good, like it didn't necessarily excite me. Um, in that like, oh yeah, I really want to see into the, or out of the furnace, but it, it, but it was like, I bet you out of the furnace is a good movie. Um, I don't know. What, what, what did you think when yeah, you first saw I mean, the trailer?
1: Yeah. I mean, it looked like it'd be a good flick uh, you know, all the actors involved and, uh, the fact that it's, you know, kind of this like revenge type of story and, yeah, you know, Pearl jam, like coming in, you're like, <laughs> gotta get my Flato shirt and my rifle. I'm going to go kill some hillbillies
0: uh but yeah cool um well uh what do you say we play the trailer for out of the furnace while we go put on our flannel shirts and uh, yes get get my hunting rifle get our rifles yeah cool we will be right back enjoy the trailer and then we'll give you our review
1: i like this one it's tough Makes me want to jump in there with you. See who walks out. I just need the money. The boy was always trouble. I love him. Versus he was a little kid. Come work at the
0: mill.
1: Nothing wrong with working for a living. Working for a living? I gave my life for this country! But what's it done for me? Huh? What's it done for me?!
0: To do this one last fight and then I'll be done.
1: Showtime. Russell, they haven't
0: been able to find your brother. They aren't gonna look for Rodney? No. And I'm getting old. There's a whole other world up in there. You don't. Reader Justice, and it does not include us. This guy, he haunts those mountains. Please don't
1: do anything. You don't want to go
0: here. I keep on searching. Ronnie Bezos' brother. We're gonna get one shot at this guy.
1: Forgive me my sins, O lord. The sins of my youth. The sins of my age. The sins of my soul.
0: We're brothers. And we're all we got. So that was the trailer for Out of the Furnace. This is the story of two brothers, one of which is, you know, just the hardworking man works in the, uh, works in the furnace (laughs) (laughs) at the steel mill at mill. And uh, his brother is, uh, you know, a, a younger guy who, you know, served in, like, four tours or Iraq or whatever. And he's sort of, he's, he doesn't feel like he wants to come home and do the, you know, work for the man or anything like that. So he gets himself involved in just, just some uh, boxing and stuff like that. And he, uh, you know, is, he owes a lot of money to a lot of people and sort of gets himself in with the wrong crowd. And his brother is trying to find out what has happened to him because he's been missing and
1: (laughs) it's like it's like bare knuckle fighting (laughs) yeah yeah it's It's not even boxing (laughs)
0: well he starts off where it's not bare knuckle you know you can you can at least wear like wraps and stuff like that but then he goes to a place where you know the shit hits the fan it's it's, it's
1: like the it's like the redneck version of like the fights and snatch or something you know
0: yeah yeah i mean it's basically the fight club
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's like the hillbilly fight club yeah
0: but, uh, yeah, so Christian Bale, who plays the older brother, has to go off and try to figure out what the hell happened and, uh, you know, try to make things right. So, Carson, what did you think of this film?
1: Uh, I think this movie uh, could have used some laughs because it's very, very sobering yeah. and uh, very, very uh, downtrodden. Uh, this This movie <laughs> makes prisoners look like upbeat.
0: Uh, Since since it's such a sobering movie, if Christian Bale's character would have watched it before the beginning of the film, maybe half of this film wouldn't have had to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, like, no joke. Like, I, like, had fun, more fun watching, like, Prisoners than this movie. Uh, And that was a pretty uh, dark movie. Uh, This is, uh, and I don't think... Cause I think there are two there are two ways. Like you can do a movie that's just completely, you know, depressing and dark, and have it be enjoyable. You know, like cinematic wise, that is an example like this year in Prisoners or Twelve Years a Slave. Um, But in this film is like the wrong way I think of going about doing this kind of piece because. It almost feels like it's so serious that it feels forced you know or it feels like the people who made the movie have like no experience or and no idea of like blue collar work or like this kind of life they just kind of heard about it somewhere and then like formed an opinion and like wrote it based on that like it's just like it kind of has that feeling, you know, like if like a white guy from the suburbs tried to make a movie about, you know, <laughs> people growing up in the hood. Like it's just it's just it has that kind of feeling where it it does not come off as authentic. Um and it it almost feels like, you know, it's very like almost like a sledgehammer to the face like in terms of like look how hard the working man is, you know, and like look how bad the economy is, and uh, uh, I think uh, I think there's a lot of comparisons. At least in my mind, there were a lot of comparisons in this movie to Killing Them Softly, which a movie you did not like, but I did. Uh, but I think in that movie, you know, they had a lot of the uh, a lot of the political nature in there. But I felt like it was more of like an angry satirical statement. Like I'm just a middle finger to the audience the whole time, and to like that kind of stuff. But I feel like there is similar stuff in Out of the Furnace, but it feels more like, yes, we're making statements. Like, Casey Affleck can't go, like, one step without someone saying, like, you know he was in Iraq. Like, he did, like, four <laughs> tours in Iraq. It's like, yeah, we know. Like, And, and that's another thing is that, like, the acting – I mean, all the actors in this movie are great. Like, they've done – amazing work and you know christian bale is pretty tremendous in this film like i think it's interesting seeing him play like the kind of uh i don't want to say subdued but like usually he's playing like the crazy guy like he'd be playing like the casey affleck role you know and yeah and like really like getting method and going crazy uh You know, it's kind of like in the fighter, he played. You know, the Koch brother, and uh, it's kind of like he took the Mark Wahlberg role in the fighter. Like he's like the the (laughs) one who's like he's got his head on his shoulders. You know, like he's like the he. You know, he's the one. He's like he's doing the family business almost. Like he's doing the same job as dad did, and like he's kind of like you know he's kind of like the cool head or whatever. And I think that was like you know it was interesting seeing him play that kind of role because he's always like usually like the very like aggressive uh you know hothead type or whatever um and there are some scenes that are really effective like i thought probably like the best scene in this whole movie is the scene where he uh and zoe saldana are on a bridge and they kind of have like a reconnecting um i think that's a really good scene Um, yeah and the only thing the only scene really i feel like that comes off as authentic in terms of like, like human interaction because I I feel like the stuff with Casey Affleck, uh, he's supposed to be obviously traumatized from his time in the military and I get like, I understand like this obviously a, that's a problem but I feel like in every movie that tries to portray soldiers coming back home from uh, the Middle East, it's always the same and it always feels very like forced and over the top and it just does not feel true at all like it just it just seems very phony uh and and, and overall like the story and out of the furnace isn't that interesting like it's it's a pretty like bare bones standard story like there's kind of like a half-baked revenge story in there and uh but it all feels really limp and at, at some point it gets very very tedious like the pacing in this movie like you said it is a slow burn but it's not a good slow burn. It's a very uh, uh, tedious slow burn. It, it pushes your uh, patience uh, a lot of the times, and you know I don't think the way that it resolves is anything that is successful and or satisfying to me, the audience member. In my opinion, like I, I thought that, and maybe we can get into it like some spoilers. But there's definitely some stuff in the end that I thought just seemed very like, I don't want st- to, it, it just seemed like it was, it was there and it shouldn't have been there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like it is, it, this was a real, uh, unfortunate misfire. Like I, I, I thought that, uh, that, that Pearl Jam song that's in the trailer and that they play during the film, they kind of bookend the film with that song. I almost thought they should have just played that at every chance they could have got. Like, some bad 80s movie. Like, in Arthur, when they just played that Christopher Cross song, like, at every turn. Uh, something like that. Like, I, I don't know, like, anything for... To, to get, like, some kind of, like, enjoyment out of it. Because, like I said, you can do somber, like, just straight. But then there's also, like, the depressing... But with you know you could do like dark but with levity like I'm like I in the same day I went and saw Inside Llewyn Davis and that's a super dark movie but it's hilarious too and like any Coen Brothers movie there's always like dark themes but it's always like very funny you know like even when it's being very gritty or or dealing with that kind of subject matter like there's always like there, there's always something there to like kind of not uplift you but like there's, there's levity in it, like, sp- sp- you know, interspersed. But, yeah, I uh, was not a fan of this movie.
0: All right, well, uh, I am going to have to fight you on a few little things. Um, not, not, like, overly strongly, but first off on the Casey Affleck character, uh, I don't think he's traumatized by the war at all. I think he's pissed that he keeps getting stop-lost or whatever and has to keep going back even though he's technically fulfilled his duty. Um, and it's it, there's no traumatization. Like, if you're traumatized by violent acts, you don't go put yourself in fist-fighting arenas. And it'd be different if, like, he's just trying to be alone in a bar and people assault him and he just goes crazy and like beats the shit out of people He's like oh what did I just do like maybe if that sort of thing was happening I would I would agree that he is traumatized by something but he's clearly just like he's back he's pissed he thinks he's done all he has to do like he thinks the government owes him I like I don't I don't think this film is overly political like I don't like he says a few things like his brother specifically saying like you should work for a living And the only time he says like what did this country ever do for me was because his brother's pressing him on actually working for a living. And he's saying, like, dude, I just worked for the last several years of my life, and now the government's not giving me anything. Like, I I put in my dues, and I shouldn't have to go work now. Like, so I, I don't think that's a message of this film. I don't think that, like, political no, I don't, angle... No, I don't think
1: it's, a, like, a message, but I think they're definitely making, like, some statements with... That time period,
0: but I think the statements are only made when challenged by a character who is trying to make a statement of his own. Like, hey, like look at me, like I've been to prison already, but when I come out, I still get a job. I can give you a job. You need to be responsible and do do work. Like it's like I think that like it yeah. is. It I mean,
1: it's not a, it's not a focal point of the movie. I just thought it was something that I picked up on that I thought was uh, was something that you know to me it didn't even seem necessary. To the story other than the fact that you know he was well, in the military well
0: it's, it's very necessary the story because he otherwise he just has to be a guy with a gambling addiction like it no, no,
1: no i'm just saying like in terms of like the the period that it's set in and stuff you know like he could have the war could have been over and he could have just been like still dealing with the side effects or whatever
0: and you think that would be better or worse
1: no i'm just saying like that could have been another alternative
0: Yeah, I'm asking if that if that would be better or worse in your mind. I don't know. I don't know. Because I I I, I like the way they handled it. Um, and then on the on the other big point that you made is I don't feel like this feels that forced at all. I mean, you and I have definitely grown up in in major (laughs) cities, and we're not we're like we don't quite know what it's like to be you know backwoods of some like factory town and stuff like that. But I have been to places like that where. Where it's, like, you have to drive 45 minutes to get to, like, what we would consider to be a mall that we could find if we threw a rock somewhere. Um, Or where, like, the only jobs in your town are a Walmart or the factory that makes, like, washing machines or something like that. Um, And, like, I... Like, this town, it's, it's sort of like, in a way, it was sort of like the town from Homefront, which is a surprised you didn't bring up, <laughs> because you seem to like to bring up things that are that are portrayed better than Homefront or whatever. Um, but it feels a little bit like that town, which is like a very small town where everybody works in the factory, and everyone else just works to support the town, and that's it. And then the neighboring town is where all this, like, you know, up in the hills is where all this crazy crap is happening. But, I don't know, for me, the, the whole dynamic of, like, Christian Bale is this guy who is sort of just... He has to work for a living, and then one night he makes a mistake, and that that you know puts him in in jail for four years or whatever he said it is. And then he comes out, and he's sort of like, "Well, I'm just gonna go back to working again because that's all the only choice I really have." And he's sort of looking at the accidental mistakes he did, and then seeing, looking at his little brother, and like how his his little brother is, you know, making his own mistakes in different ways, and like he like I don't I don't think there is this. Like, I don't think the film is really about this spectacle. I mean, you said the story is really, like, not a lot happens. And that's true, because I think this is all about a a defeated person existing in a defeated world. I mean, like, <laughs> it's it's a very cynical movie. And I think that no matter what happens to Christian Bales, like, he, he is just experiencing the world and realizing, that, like, no, I'm just going to have to work every day and keep working and come home and have a few beers at night and keep my house up and that's really my entire life and i don't have anything more than that but that's just the way life is so yeah. i guess i'll deal with that like i don't know there's something like even in even in my non backwoods life like in a major city there's still some some aspects of my life where i'm i'm like okay like i got to work during the day and then i come home and i have enough time to like make dinner or whatever and then i have to figure out something to do with the rest of my evening and then just restart the cycle again like there there is an aspect to the the trivialness of life in general even if like i mean obviously we we would be considered privileged like we are in nice big cities we have jobs that allow us to live in these big cities we're not forced to like do manual labor every day like in some factory where you have to wear heat shielding and stuff like that um but there's still like i just i don't know it was easy for me to sympathize with and uh identify with christian bale's character in general and like even as the events take place, like you said, there was sort of a half ass revenge tale in there. And it is, but it's not it. it, I don't know. There's something interesting about the way they do it. Like it's it's not just I'm super pissed. And I'm going to go like murder a bunch of folks. It's not like Liam Neeson. Like you took my brother. Ah. Yeah, it, no, it, it's, it's not like that. What it is, is, is it's sort of like this it's almost like Christian Bale's like, this just has to happen. It's not that he will feel better afterwards. I mean, this is especially like in those, in those final moments of the film, like it's just a lot of contemplating, like there's no, nothing to be gained from doing this, but I guess maybe I should be doing it. Like it's, it's, is this justice? Is it not justice? Is it vengeance? Is it not vengeance? Is it sort of just like, whatever, this is, this is how I feel I should act, whether or not like, I don't, there, I don't know, there's this weird air of ambiguity with the film that, for me, worked. And just, I don't know, I, like, I, I really enjoyed it. Not from the, this was fun, because it was not fun at all. But I just, it didn't feel over the top. It didn't feel like uh, smashing me in the face. It just felt like uh, this story of not great situations and those not great situations getting less great. Um, and it worked for me in that way not like you know you compared it to um, what was the other film that you compared it to was it Killing Them Softly yeah yeah like in in that film that felt like there was a message as opposed to just watching these people and I mean that it's sort of hard to compare it because in Killing Them Softly it was it, the story wasn't being told from the lesser guy's point of view. It was being told from, like, the people who were doing all of the killing and stuff like that. So, right, um, right. in this, it's sort of like, you know, like, the 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 one guy that comes, um, that Brad Pitt goes and talks to, this is, like, that story told from his point of view, instead of from Brad Pitt's point of view. Um, yeah,
1: but, like, I think that what made me think of killing them softly, what, other than the fact that it's supposed to take place, in you know, that 2008 recession period, and Um, is it the fact that, you know, the anger that Casey Affleck has, his character has in this movie, I feel like killing them softly is that movie, but told like in a much better way. Like, I think like Brad Pitt's speech at the end of killing them softly is like a very like F you, like to the system speech. And that's kind of like how Casey Affleck acts in this movie. And I, and I do think that he's suffered some trauma for sure uh, obviously he is definitely pissed at the government but uh i think he's definitely you know you know he yeah he doesn't want to go back but like he's definitely seen some things that have changed him um and and like like i said anytime they really kind of portray that it feels it feels phony like it never feels to me at least and I, and, and you know like i obviously you know i'm not trying to sit here to say like i have knowledge of it or you know experience obviously i don't and i don't know maybe this is authentic, authentic to uh you know real life small town life but uh in terms of like movie standpoints there are certain other movies you can point to that you can say that you know this represents that culture or you know character in a much better fashion. Like I think this movie, you know, I didn't bring up Homefront because I think that this movie has a lot more ties and and uh, inspiration from something like the Deer Hunter, which is takes place in virtually almost an identical town. Uh, and but I think that that sort of lens that it's told through and that you know representation is just a lot better executed, and, uh, it's interesting that this movie kind of, like, there isn't a lot of, you know, obviously it takes place in present day and present time, obviously, and, uh, but you do see a lot of the fact that, like, you know, it, it kind of feels like old-fashioned in a way, because, you know, you don't really see, you see people talking on cell phones and stuff, but it's not, like, in your face, you know, Well, like uh, so it kind of has that, like, throwback feel a little bit, but, uh, I don't think it's, like, as, I don't know. To me, it's it's not as strong as like a movie that it's going for, like like the Deer Hunter or something.
0: Well, I guess for me the difference is that like I I don't necessarily think that this film was um, you know uh, common for that type of life, but I thought it was authentic for this character. Like I I found it completely believable that this person, not that everybody in this town has this exact same life, but that this person is. A quote real person in a quote real town, under a quote real circumstances, and um, like I I, I never it never rang false for me because I I felt that that could be real without it being like the extreme of something that's real. Like it's just a person who has unfortunate circumstances. But there's like a lot of like interest, Like for me, the way they're telling his story is interesting. Like if you just look where, um, you know, he he. It's constantly him in the factory in the steel mill um, and then you know an event happens and he gets thrown in jail and like the event happens and we don't see him arrested we just cut him to hi- we just cut to him working again and now he's like soldering something on some pipe and then he turns around and he has Department of Corrections on his back and it's yeah. like even though he's in prison he's still doing the same thing that he would have been doing if he was out of prison and yeah. it's like there's this weird thing of like, for him, being thrown in prison wasn't really that big of a deal because it's sort of the same as what he was doing on the outside. Yeah. For, for but but the way they subvert that is that his he's been. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't know how much of a spoiler this is, but he's taken care of a a um, a an, his dad is basically really sick. Um, well, he's and,
1: sick from working in the steel mill.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just I mean, he's. On his deathbed, basically. So, yeah, so yeah. for him, the worry of being thrown in prison is not, oh crap, I'm in prison now. It's that like, I'm he the only, yeah, I'm the only one who's really taking care of my dad. My brother's not really helping out that much. You know, my uncle comes uh, when he can, but like he's the primary caretaker for him. So for him, the like the two biggest things about being thrown in prison that that are worrisome for him is somebody needs to take care of his dad and what's going to happen to his girlfriend. Like those yeah. are those are the only. Th- those are the only two consequences of him being in prison. Not that like he's being in prison because there's no change between being on the outside and being on the inside. So I, yeah. I don't know. There's there's something there's well, I mean, something think, interesting. Like,
1: there, I think like at the beginning of this film, you know, I was it wasn't like I was immediately turned off because I think like in the beginning, it's going along and like you know you can kind of get into it because that opening scene with uh, Woody Harrelson, his introduction. Uh, is pretty wonderfully bizarre like at the other than the fact that they're at a drive-in watching midnight Me train uh but just like what happens and you're just like okay this is the bad dude and this is how it's gonna be but then it just i think if once like christian bale gets out of prison it just becomes like an immense slog to the finish line um but i i mean i agree that i, I did like the fact that you know uh, there. It was kind of unexpected in the way that they were telling that, and I did like the fact that you know they're trying to show you like yeah, like his life is pretty sucky. You know, <laughs> in or out. Um, but yeah, but then it came to a point where it just it it really just fizzled until the end, and that's when it just became very tedious to me, and uh, and and it's interesting that you brought up you know, like that people can get stuck in the same cycle in their lives and uh you know you, you you go through like basically you go to work you come home eat and then maybe do something but then you go to sleep uh, and then do it all over again uh, and obviously you know you haven't seen the movie but like it's so weird that like i wouldn't saw inside and davis before and the same day as this movie Cause they, I feel like that it approaches like that exact uh, type of thing where like your you, you know your life is uh, you know you, the, or the cycle of life and you know it's a very very cynical uh, you know outlook on it and but I feel like that movie is done so much better and like with so much uh, like more grace and everything and and this movie is just like the the polar opposite but uh, yeah yeah. I feel like that that like to be was like it was weird because I was like watching almost kind of the same like look at a, like a person's life, but it was just like told like completely differently, and like one was definitely like the superior. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I was biased when I went into out of the furnace because I had already been spoiled. I don't know.
0: I mean, I I would say that's possible, but uh, it doesn't seem like. Uh, this is getting the biggest critical reception, so...
1: <laughs> no, it's not, really, so, yeah.
0: I mean, it's, like, in the 50s, right, on Rotten Tomatoes?
1: Yeah, it's, like, a 52 or something like that.
0: And I think viewers put it in, like, 60s, but, yeah, yeah. it's not being that well-received, and I, I, no. I can understand that. Uh, I can understand people not enjoying it, but for me, it just worked as an experience, Um, so... Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's definitely not like there's not really any moments of excitement in this film. It's it it is very slow paced and it's a very sloggy. But I think that the um, the weight of what's going on is um, is, I guess, greater than the sum of the parts of the film, I guess. Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, did, did you act, are there actual legitimate spoiler things that you want to talk about?
1: Well, I don't think we have to get into it we can maybe talk about it off the I mean it's it's virtually just about the last shot and I was left kind of it's one of those things where it's like there's obviously meaning to it and I just left going like I'm either too stupid or I just don't care um but it was weird because I went online um to like the message boards on IMDb, and there were a lot of responses saying like yeah I don't know why that was even there like Like, I think it means this, but it doesn't really seem clear just from the way that it was presented. Gotcha. So I, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, I guess I'm not that stupid unless everyone is just stupid. I don't know, but.
0: Well, I don't, I don't necessarily know that I have anything to input on that. So I, I
1: mean, I just felt like it was kind of unnecessary,
0: but. Yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll save it for off air conversation. (laughs) Yeah. so let's just get to our verdict, Carson. Uh, if you were going to give this a must see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it?
1: Uh, I would give it a pass. Like I, I, don't think it's a terrible film, but it is very, it is very tedious at times, and uh, it's unfortunate. But uh, it feels very muddled, and basically, the 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 best scene in this movie is that bridge scene. So that that's worth. Pointing
0: out. All uh, right. Um, I, yeah, it's a weird film. Like, I, I think it's, I think this is a good movie. Um, I, it's, it's not fun. It's not necessarily enjoyable, but I think it's, I think it's well made. And uh, people don't seem to be agreeing with that. So I'm going to give it a uh, wait for rental. Uh, I think it's one of those things where uh, if somebody sees it and was like, oh, so I just rented and watch this, then I could talk with them about it. Um, but it's not something that, like, if somebody was like, oh, should I see this? I, I would probably respond to them, well, I'm the only person I know that liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will just I will just give it away for rental. Um, but that just being, like, let it be known that I thought it was good, so.
1: I mean, there I've seen some other reviews online that have given it pretty high marks, but I guess it's just however you, you know... However, it affects a certain individual. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I mean I, I feel like like this is uh, this is like a if you took all the excitement out of Place Beyond the Pines and removed all the like the overly convenient story elements, it basically reduced everything that a lot of people liked about Place Beyond the Pines. You would be left over with this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um you take out all the things that were interesting about place beyond and that's kind of what out of the furnace is yeah which is
0: which is funny because i believe you liked that movie and i didn't right
1: yeah i mean i i think that was a great movie yeah so yeah
0: there there we go (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah i think that's gonna do it for this review so carson if people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that
1: uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com.
0: People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get all the back episodes of the show. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning to figure out when all these episodes go live. Or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at Or call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Out of the Furnace, if that's available. So, cool. And there's a helicopter flying over. I don't know if you can hear that, but apparently they're, com- I, they're I coming can't. for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh,
0: what's on the docket next week, Carson? I'm going to
1: drop you in the furnace. Uh, next week is The the Hobbit, The Des- Desolation of Smaug.
0: Is that already here?
1: That is here, part two.
0: That is, or part, it's not, yeah.
1: It's, it's not even over yet.
0: <laughs> part 1.5.
1: <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Uh, all right,
0: so w- when that third film comes out, is it technically still going to be part of The Hobbit, or is it going to be, it's just. Uh,
1: yeah, I think, I think it's like partially the last bit of The Hobbit, and then they've incorporated bits from like the Silmarillion, and. Uh, stuff that will bridge the gap between Hobbit and uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Gotcha. So they've kind of like combined the two but uh, I think they're, yeah, they're supposed to be like, whatever's left of The Hobbit that's not covered in the second movie.
0: Are they still Um, doing the BS 48 frames crap?
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: I think I'm gonna see it in regular 2D I I'm gonna skip <laughs> no that. 48 frames.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm gonna skip that bull crap. I'm gonna movie past this me. crap. <laughs> yeah. Two D is enough for me. Uh I, yeah, I'm gonna see it the way it was intended in two D. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna see it the way it was intended. I'm gonna read it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyways, I think that's this episode, so we will see you guys next week with our review of The Hobbit. Part two. Later.